When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon, who is in another location. Your background keeps changing, Gordon. Where are you at now? I am outside of Philadelphia at my parents' home. I'm in my parents' home. I was in a hotel Friday, parents' home Monday. Who knows where you'll you be by Wednesday. I kind of lost my voice a bit because the wedding was Friday night, and I have yet mm. to recover. So Okay. Were you yelling a lot at the wedding? Is that why? Sure, yeah. I was cheering for the bride and groom, like mm. all patrons do right at a wedding, right? Was good. Did you yell? Were you screaming? Bon Jovi lyrics or Journey? Uh, no. The Journey okay. and Bon Jovi was not played to oh, uh, no. my disappointment. No. It was a, uh, well, the bride was Mexican, so half of the music was in a language I did not know, mm-hmm. which was great. You can still dance to it. Just I didn't know the lyrics. So. Mm. Okay. So you didn't, did they have a live band? DJ? What do they have? No, it's just a DJ. It's a DJ. Okay. I saw a picture of you from the wedding. It looked like some of your old colleagues got together and took a picture. And I couldn't tell because you said 10-year anniversary. Was that picture from 10 years ago or from today? Because you got the haircut. It, it threw me off. I was like, is this old Gordon, new Gordon, new, new Gordon? No, that picture was from Friday. Okay. That picture was, you were looking yeah, solid. Yeah. You're looking 10 years younger then. There we go. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was – this uh, wedding was a group of people that I met when I was a contestant on this thing called the Major League Baseball Fan Cave where for an entire year I stayed in a room in New York City and watched every game of baseball, mm-hmm. which is there are a lot. There are a lot of games, over 2,000 of them. I watched every one in 2012. You have a favorite? And I would – do I have a favorite game of all of them? No, well, I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan, so, you know, it was the first year that the Phillies started sucking because we were good all the way up to that point, so that wasn't good. But it was 2012. Which mm-hmm. you know what happened in 2012? Something called the Olympics, and so oh, yeah. I would sneak away and go upstairs to like this, like private, like the secret TV, yeah, that would have the Olympics on. So like I would walk away from the baseball games and go watch like the 10Ks and all the Olympics. So, and I also did, did the same thing with the Olympic trials. I was like sneaking away to watch the Olympic trials. There was a lot of non-baseball watching going on in the baseball fan cave. Uh, Interesting. This morning. Broke the rules. That's why you got Broke kicked out. Like Gordon violated one of the house rules. We need to have a meeting, everybody. Well, we actually would be eliminated, and I was the last one eliminated before the playoffs, which was unfortunate. I don't think it was Ooh. because I was watching Galen Rupp versus Mo Farah in the 10K, though. <laughs> I don't think that was the reason. Gordon keeps going on about four majors. As a way to save track, and I don't know what that has to do with the fan cave. Can we, can we get him to leave? Yeah. So, He's got these ideas. I made best friends from it, and now sure. I haven't seen these people in 10 years, and it was like we never never oh, cool. uh, broke apart. So it was cool. Awesome. Awesome. Glad you had a good time. We got a lot to get to because we got some more end-of-year awards, and you made the list, and it's a big list. You got uh, International Athlete of the Year, U.S. Athlete of the Year, Collegiate Athlete of the Year, High School Athlete of the Year. And on and on and on. So we better get we better get right to it, Gordon. Yeah, so the top ones, International Athlete of the Year, I feel like we've been talking about these people 
over the past like few months yeah. with the whole World Athletics Athlete of the Year. We had the finalists. We had the ultimate victors that were announced. Also, the Bowerman Awards were just handed out a week uh, this, over this past weekend. So mm-hmm. that was a thing, Mo and um, Javon Harrison. But you know, that's the Bowerman Awards. This work that it's not necessarily going to be 100% the same here for the Flow Track College Athlete of the Year. As we get into it, but we each picked a male and female for the main categories up front, and then we'll talk about the subcategories that I created mm. on the second half of the pod. So, first one, okay, we'll start, we'll start with International Athlete of the Year. Yeah, and as you mentioned, we've talked about this so many times, so people have heard my pick. Uh, I went Carson Warholm and Yulemar Rojas for International Athlete of the Year. It's not including American athletes. Rojas, I think, overall Athlete of the Year for the top five marks in the triple jump in history and she did them all this year just incredibly consistent you look at some of the marks that she did in her competitions that weren't even her best mark her second best mark would have been all-time performances and never had the shortest jump in a competition all year gordon how's that for talking around the fact that she actually lost in monaco because of the (laughs) weird diamond league rules but i'm going to say she never lost gold medal um Pretty much perfect season and when you go four of the top five times in in history for me that's that's the thing that sets her apart from everybody else and then on the men's side warholm breaks the world record twice uh, does it in thrilling fashion in the olympics sensational season for him so yulemar rojas and carson warren my international athletes of the year so i picked two different athletes from you i went on the women's side i went with the lane thompson hurrah because she was doing it in the marquee event with a lot of marquee attention drawn to it with the with her fellow country woman in uh shelly and fraser price also what was happening here in the states with shakari richardson never really shakari was never really a challenge but the the vocal challenge probably put a lot more attention on her races uh so that i mean there's a mental factor to it and she she did even better than we could have expected second all time behind Flojo. And then I went with Mondo Duplantis. You look really at the numbers. He was the only man to vault over six meters uh, in outdoor season of 2021. And he did it eight times. So if you look at the 2021 descending order list, it just says Mondo eight times in a row with all a six meter or higher mark to it. And then the next guy. So, yeah, he was just dominating, and I think we kind of are we getting sick of Mondo in a way? We're like, all right, you you kind of already done it. You, that's going to be the challenge for Mondo. Is like, what more can this guy do? He can dominate. Mm-hmm. He can he can backwards vault over six meters. He can flirt the world record world record whenever he wants. I mean, what else does he have to prove? So that's going to be the thing that's going to think the biggest challenge for Mondo these next five to seven years of his prime yeah. of like, how does he challenge himself? I mean, he's just so good. I think what Mondo needs is he needs like a newcomer to come in and be like, I can beat you, man. He needs to be vulnerable. And right now he hasn't, he doesn't have a competition that can really take him down yet. So Mondo and Elaine are my international athlete of the years. Yeah. I don't, I don't discount Elaine as we talked about before. You know, I thought, Rojas is number one, but Elaine would be right there. And it's tough to compare all-time performances in the 100 and the 200. She was able to double. Rojas wasn't. You make a good point, though, on Mondo. He's a victim of his own success, and he got Athlete of the Year last year in 2020. He got the world record. It's a bit of a bolt-type problem where you have someone putting out all-time marks, and then the next year you think, well, they didn't get their world record this year. But that's their own world record. So you're saying, hey, you weren't as good as the old you last year. You could still be better than everybody else. He did dominate this event. And it makes me think, when you're putting together a case for Athlete of the Year, what's more compelling to you? Is it to have another rival out there who's historically great, like Warholm did? Or is it to have a situation like Rojas or Mondo, where you can really compile this impressive yearly list where you just completely dominate it because it's tough because you could you could look at it both ways of saying hey this person just completely obliterated the competition but but if you're going against someone who's an all-time great as well like warholm did and you're still able to beat them that's a selling point as well too 
men's uh, men and women's U.S. Athlete of the Year, we actually picked the same pair. You and I were, you know, those those yeah. moments in life when you and I are on the same page. This was that moment. We both went with Ryan Krauser and Sydney McLaughlin. Krauser, I could you could argue, is the best of like even better than the, the international athletes of the year. I yes. wouldn't put Sydney above Elaine or Rojas, but I could see an argument put Krauser above Mondo or Warholm. But yeah, Krauser always flirting with the world record. He's the Mondo of the throws in my mind. He's the Rojas of the throws. He's just dominating that that uh that event. And I thought it was interesting. I saw a like a post on the World Athletics Twitter. He's never won a world title. Yeah, which is right. wild because Joe Joe Kovacs, you know, he won in 2019. Kovacs won, I think, in 2017. So like during his prime, he's never had a world title. He just wins in the Olympics and he breaks world records. So that's gonna be something good for him. Is that he's never won worlds, which is weird. Mm -hmm. He's one of the greatest of all time, and he's never won worlds. So that'll be something for him to shoot for in this world indoor season, and ultimately in Eugene in uh, in the summer. In many of these categories, there's no wrong answers. But in this one, there are wrong answers, and you and I have the right answers here. It's got to be these two. It's got to be these two. Krauser, three best throws in history. I think he's the overall athlete of the year just because he had he had a perfect season. There, You cannot ask an athlete to do more than what Krauser did this year. And if you're going to go to the eighth tiebreaker between him and Carson Warholm or whatever it would be, I think it would go down to frequency of competitions. And Warholm did run a, several times this year, and all of his performances in – pre-Olympics were really high quality, but not at the level and frequency that, that Ryan Krauser threw and threw really well. Women's side of things, Sydney, it's got to be it. Birth the world record twice. Historic mark. Win against the t second fastest woman in history in Dalila Muhammad and beat her twice. It's, it's got to be Sydney. Yeah, if you're going to introduce other athletes in the whole world and you got Thompson Hurrah, you got Safan Hassan, you got Yulamar Rojas, that's a different debate. But in the United States, clear cut, Best woman of the year with Sydney McLaughlin. I was tempted to not pick Sydney, though. I was tempted to pick a different woman athlete in the U.S. Can you guess who I was tempted to pick? Uh, Thing Mo. Yeah. I was tempted to pick a Thing Mo. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, Sydney broke the world record. A thing didn't break a world record. I felt like yeah. a thing was more dominant and more like throughout the season more often and Sydney kind of was like we only saw her a very yeah short amount of time and she was you know first half of the season she wasn't even running the 400 hurdles she was doing the 100 hurdles so I was kind of like oh I want to kind of give credit to someone who's dominating from January all the way to August but I was like world record you beat the little Muhammad twice someone who had had your number leading up to this season that got to stand mm -hmm. for something and so I pick Sydney. Well, and if you're saying that, hey, this person needs to have won an Olympic gold medal to even be in the conversation, U.S. women won four individual gold medals. So it'll be those two that you mentioned, Najat and Allman. And that just eliminates the pool of potential winners yeah. right there. I think, yeah, Sydney's lack of races in the foreign hurdles would matter in a debate with international athletes, but in a debate with U.S. athletes, it doesn't really factor in because her top performances were were so much better and worth the world record twice. And the thing that you're mentioning, Mo dominating, goes back to my earlier point. What would you rather have, dominance against a weaker field or what Sydney did, go against all-time great, and, or greats actually, because Femke Bowl is establishing herself as one of the all-time greats too, and then, and then prevail. Now, they ran fast in the women's eight as well too. Keely Hodgkinson ran 155. So, it's not as if the 800 is soft, but what's going on right now, the four meter hurdles is, is special. It's not, it's, it's a generational time in, in that event. So, I mean, it's not easy to win a gold in, in any event, but when you're looking for little ways to differentiate between this athlete and that athlete, it, it is interesting to look at the, the quality of competition and how it stacks up. Should we move on to the next one? Let's do it. Collegiate athlete of the year. Collegiate athlete of the year. Um, go ahead. You go first. So, obviously, I think, Mo, if I had her potentially being the U.S. Athlete of the Year, she's going to be my College Athlete of the Year. 
there yes. was no international college athlete who was going better than her. So a thing, Mo, we've talked about her so many times the past few months. She was the rising star for world athletics. I could argue, you know, she's the best in the U.S. Sydney's good, too. They were on the same 4 by 4 together. Uh, but, mm -hmm. yeah, from start to finish, her only blemish was a blemish that I predicted, let it be known, mm -hmm. when she got second in the 400 indoors because I thought that she's not going to get to the to the break first and then she will never have a time to pass and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, it's a it's not even a blemish when you think about it. It's just... There's no indoor Olympics. Who cares what you do indoors anyway? But for her to just shatter NCAA records in the four and the eight, wasn't ever really close. She's a once-in-a-lifetime type athlete with her dual threat in the four and the eight. And, uh, and she's she did it as a freshman too, so that was even more impressive as well. Yeah, I just had to go with Thingmo for NCAA Athlete of the Year. I mean, can't really think of anyone else. I mean... Obviously, the Bowerman finalists were a thing, Mo. They were uh, Tara Davis, Tara Giddens. Tara Davis, and then Tara, 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 Tara Giddens, the heptathlete. Um, mm -hmm. While Tara Davis was pretty good, she, you know, she dominated the long jump. She made the Olympics in the long jump. Mm. It's just a thing was just like, it wasn't even close. Like, it just, yeah. Mm -hmm. but I think I at some point. Mo. I think at some point we debated that, it, and it was close. But and I know you're not supposed to take into account the postseason stuff, but she won the freaking gold medal going away. Yeah. So it's hard to be like, well, I don't know. I don't know how good you were. And the and the records, indoor in the four, the eight, outdoor in the eight, the four by four yeah. stuff. She was a key part of the four by four. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious that it's it's a thing, Mo, on the women's if, side of things. If Tar Davis was able to kind of rekindle her hurdle success and find a way to like win the hundred hurdles. Mm -hmm. Then, I, then there would have been a a potential like, hey, uh, well, she won the long jump, broke records, and won the hundred hurdles. That would have been like a, it would have been more of a debate. But she, I think she, did she scratch the West prelims? I don't know. I think she only ran a big twelves. I'm not sure exactly. She either scratched mm -hmm. or got false started or something like that. Clearly she's not interested in like being a hurdler. She's a full-time long jumper and mm -hmm. it's good. You should be put all your focus on the event that you're making the Olympics in. I think it's a good decision. <laughs> Before we go to the men's side of things real quick, which I think is a bit murkier, although I have strong feelings about it. I want to add a really quick, a new category. Gordon's obscure, correct prediction of the year that a thing Mo would not get to the break in time and it would cause her to lose the indoor 400 was low-key underrated prediction. That At the time, I was like, that actually might happen. And then I watched it in real time. I said, my goodness. And then she never was, like, challenged at all after that. Like, it was clearly just a fluke of not getting to the break early. Yeah. It made it even better. She was just so far and away the best runner all year. In the, in the four and the eight in, in college. But this one weird thing happened and she lost that one race. Can you so, name good job by you. the Can you name the athlete that beat her? It was Kaylin Roberts, wasn't it? USA. There you go. That's, that's going to be a uh, Jeopardy question 20 years from now. Who was, the, who was the college athlete who beat a thing Mo, the greatest runner of all time in uh, her freshman year? It'll be Kaylin Roberts of USC. So for the men, for the Bowerman, the finals were – Hawker, Javon Harrison, and it was Turner Washington, correct, of Arizona State, the three who made the finals. Yeah. Javon Harrison won it. I think that's correct. I think he should have won it. I love the long jump, high jump double. Um, he did it twice. He was just a really, really steady hand for LSU all year. Now, for the Bowerman, they don't count postseason, but for our purposes, we do, or at least for mine, we do. So he goes on, wins the trials. In both too, which is pretty crazy to think. A couple of years ago, if you said, "Hey, someone's gonna be the best in the U.S. in the long jump and the high jump," I don't know what you would have said. Goes on the Olympics, gets fifth and seventh, so has another level to go up there too. But I think it's it's got to be it's got to be Javon Harrison. I disagree, and I'm not gonna lie. This is kind of reminding me of. The greatest oh, gosh, sin in track no. and field. Don't do when this. When Jerry and Lawson 
was chosen the Bowerman over one Edward Cheserek of Oregon. Right. Jerry Lawson, Jerry Lawson had the yes. had the the fun fact: first one ever to pull off the one-two long jump triple since the notorious Jesse Owens. So you got to have like that fun little thing. Whereas Cheserek was out there just dominating everyone, pulling off the triple indoors, pulling off the double outdoors, winning five titles, something that isn't done that often, rarely ever done. But, you know, Jesse Owens, once you say the word Jesse Owens, you can't not vote for that guy, even though Ches was definitely the one who deserved it. And I think we kind of have a similar situation here. I think Javon Harrison is getting the first ever high jump, long jump dual athlete. We've never seen it before. We've never seen a star high jumper long jump so far. We've never seen a star long jumper high jump so high. Just because we've never seen it doesn't mean it's just like you get it no matter what. Cole Hawker was the best college athlete in 2021. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was the best. And you know he was the best. And in this situation, Cole Hawker wasn't a guy who would win everything. It's not like he was because he lost to Cooper Tier in a mile. I get that. He had like these different situations where he would come up short, but in like regular season where if you're a distance runner, dominating um, regular season isn't as important because it's all about peaking for championship time. He won the 3K in the mile, which was. Arguably, probably the one of the greatest doubles, 353, 746. That, like, Cheserek wasn't doing that. Galen Rupp wasn't doing that. Lowy Lelang wasn't doing that. Obviously, he goes on to beat Yared Nagus, who was an Olympian, in the 1500. Comes back and runs 1318 in a 5K. Sure, it's fourth place, but like, 335, 1318 double, 353, 746 double. And then he wins, he beats the. Olympic champion in the trials, and then he goes on and makes the final as a, as a freshman at, at the <clears> Olympics. <throat> he was the best athlete. No one is going to do what Cole Hawker did. And that's why I think Cole tonight. Hawker should have won the Bowerman. And he's, he's not. He didn't win the Bowerman, right, because they already announced the winner. But he's going <laughs> to win the Flow Track Gordon Mack College Athlete of the Year, and he's going to go on my list of all-time snubs with Edward Cheserek. It's a no, coincidence no, that they're both Oregon athletes, but I look at him in the same category as Chez, as uh, they made the No, come on. That's not – that's disrespectful disrespect of Chez. Come on. Come on. That's not – it's not the same situation. And Harrison jumps number two all-time in the high jump, had an all-time mark in the long jump too. I think what would have made this closer, Hawker needed to double outdoors, <clears throat> and he didn't do it. Doubled indoors, which is mighty impressive. But when you're going against someone like Harrison, you need to have the double double to your name. And the loss in so comparisons he need, are he needed to he needed to run three thir- He needed to win the five k like an hour after running three thirty five. That's what he needed yeah, to do. The bar is that high. That's the rule. Okay. This is a high bar. It's just the same way in the athlete of the year. You're saying Ryan Krauser needed to have five of the top six marks of all time. When you get to the top level, the way you separate people is by doing ridiculous things. And that's what needed to have happened. I mean, and I, you know, the, the loss in comparison, I get it because you're saying, well, historically, this has never happened. But with him, it actually had happened because you mentioned the guy's name, Jesse Owens, who did it. But Lawson and Harrison had very different post NCAA championship careers. As I mentioned, Harrison goes on, wins both of them, and then gets fifth and seventh in the Olympics. So he actually finished higher than Hawker did in the Olympics. So pretty much by every metric, Harrison was just a little bit better than Hawker. I mean, if you made the 5K and the 1500 uh, two days apart, the way the long jump and high jump were two days apart at NCAAs, I bet you Hawker wins the 5K. I bet Hawker went... Hawker definitely well, wins the 5K if it was if he had the same rest well, that they give well, the long jump we'll and never, high jump. But we'll never know. I mean, well, let's be but clear, though. Harrison didn't need any rest to win both of them. He would have done it regardless. So we could, we could settle that one. Uh, endurance athletes are I not – endurance rest is not as – is more important than field event rest. Listen, I think on, on all this stuff, Harrison was just a little bit better. And that's the, that adds up to the difference, which basically 
means my argument's just that much stronger than yours just across the board olympic finish all-time marks i mean we all live in our own little points. worlds you can have your world your tiny world i'll live in my you're just soccer was the greatest this, ncaa athlete 2021 world this isn't gonna give Ches the bowerman back i know you want that and i want that too i think that you uh you, you want it too much, though, so you're going to keep looking for the Chezes out there. But the thing that makes the Chez thing so crazy is that he was the only one, so you need to hold that close to you. All right, let's move on, though. High school athlete of the year. High school athlete of the year. First of all, does Arian Knighton count as high school for this conversation or no? Uh, it's up to you. Okay, well, then I have Arian Knighton, but I can totally see people saying, well, that doesn't count because <laughs> he was too good. But if if he... Does count. I'll take Arian Knight. And then I, for the women, uh, I, I put Natalie Cook. I mean, maybe it's just because this just happened, but the back to back, you know, footlocker, sorry, excuse me, the back to back running lane East Bay championships were, were impressive. So I went with her. I know on the track side of things, there were people who had impressive marks, but I just went with the person who, who swept the national championship. Yeah, I was thinking about doing Natalie Cook, but I wanted to give more credence to the previous two seasons because that was more of the 2021 season than just the fall of 2021. So I went with Rosin Willis, 800-meter star. She made the Olympic trials. She ran two flat. There wasn't, if we're going to be honest, it wasn't really like a, a Caitlin Tui-type star high school female this year. I felt like there were a couple good, or like a really star sprinter. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like a down year on the women's side. But but regardless of that, Cook, very good. And Willis, I mean, she ran too flat. It's, it's, yeah. So I took the best of what was there, and that was her running too flat. And then I went with Hobbs Kessler. Uh, I think he was the story of 2021. He, now, obviously, he didn't do what Knighton did in making a, an Olympic final. Um, but I do think it's a little bit harder for uh, younger distance runners to exceed um, like typically a distance runner needs a few more years of maturity under their belt before they can make that next step. I'm not sure he's doing something crazy. It's age 17, but I don't know. I, I just, I kind of give Knighton a different award. So I wanted to save it. I'm going sure. with Hobbs Kessler. He, uh, he was going crazy. He went pro. So, but I'm okay with you giving out to Knighton. He probably is arguably the better athlete at this point clearly but Hobbs mm -hmm. Kessler had a phenomenal season he like wound up what Drew Hunter did and Drew Hunter was an all-time great high school athlete so I would have to go with yeah Hobbs yeah Kessler. no it's a good it's a good pick and it's, it's tough to compare you also think about on the men's sprint side Jalen Slade had a really good season too and because Knighton was so good maybe we didn't pay attention as much to him but I mean, a high school sprinter going to the trials and making it out of a round in years past would have been a, a big deal. It's funny you say Hobbs Kessler was the story of 2021. I was like, man, that was this year, last year? It's one of those time warp <laughs> things where I was yeah. thought, oh, okay. Like that whole the whole rise of Hobbs Kessler was was this year. And then it it feels like we because it's like, oh, he's going to NAU, and then it's like, oh, he's going pro. And I've lost track of Hobbs Kessler, is what I'm saying. I need him to run some indoor races so I can re-establish my bearings on where he is, what's he doing, and how fast he's running. That's what I need. Man, it would have been wild if NAU next year had a team with Hobbs Kessler, Nico Young, Abdi Hamid, and Colin Salmon. Be like mm -hmm. crazy. Anyway, um, so for this next section, so we we talked about our high school, college, U.S. athlete, international athlete of the year. But yeah. for people who've been listening to this podcast, they know that you and I are both big NBA fans. We love mm -hmm. our Sixers and our Spurs. Um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of in a love-hate relationship right now with my Sixers. You're just in a – I don't know what you're, you are with your Spurs. <laughs> I'm this. They're playing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to a Sixers game, though, next week in D.C., so I'm excited for that. You can see them yeah. in person. So NBA yeah. – we're in an NBA track podcast sometimes. And so with that said, NBA – has their year-end uh, awards. They have the Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, and MVP. So we're giving out those awards to track athletes and making sure there's a track element to those awards. So let's start with Rookie of the Year. 
Who is your rookie of the year, Kevin? Okay, so can, this depends on definition. You can so, interpret you can interpret rookie of the year however you want. That's the rule. Yeah, well, this one is one of the more straightforward ones on here. When we get to defensive player of the year, I'm gonna have to do a little bit more explaining. <laughs> per per my knowledge, there is still no defense in track and field. I think for rookie of the year, I, I was looking at just like a new a newcomer on on the scene, but that's tough. Like, what do you like, okay, Aaron Knighton, obviously. If you're just put, picking someone who's fresh from, like, this is their first pro season, I would obviously go Aaron Knighton. But then I was thinking, like, college freshmen and how well they did in the NCAA. Well, Caitlin Tui was the top NCAA woman in cross-country in two consecutive NCAA cross-country championships, which is something that will probably never be done again, hopefully. But then I was thinking, does 2020 count? Like if you were a, if you were new to an event in 2020 does, and it got paused, does that count? Like, are you still in your rookie season in 2021? Yes, it's like Ben Simmons winning Rookie of the Year. He was out his his true rookie year, but he still won it okay. over Donovan Mitchell because he didn't play a single game. Okay. So if they didn't so then, register enough races in 2020, they're still a rookie in 2021. Okay, so then I'm going to introduce a third way of to see Rookie of the Year, which is you're new to an event. Um, and I would go, I liked Molly Seidel for this one. Mm. She's a rookie in the marathon in the 2020, 2021 season, because we got her Olympic performance this year where she gets the bronze and then she goes on to, uh, finishing the podium in New York city as well, too. Very roundabout way to say it's hard to define rookies of the year in track and field. I like that. I was thinking, I was considering her. Uh, I didn't consider her because I was like, oh, she's not a rookie. But when you think about it, if Ben Simmons is a rookie, if Blake Griffin was a rookie, Molly Seidel could yep. be a rookie. So we did well, get I guess a if, you're going by, if you're going by new to that event, though, then you could also say, well, Fred Curley was a 100-meter rookie, and why not pick him? So, yeah, it's difficult. Hey, I mean, sometimes pick. rookie of the years are hard to decide. You have the John Morant, Zion Williamson. You have the Luka Doncic, Trey Young. It's hard to decide. So. Sometimes exactly. it's hard. Did get a message from Tampa Eagle. Gordo always takes a distance runners over everybody else. Well, I'm going to prove that comment wrong right away because my rookie of the year is Arian Knighton, not a distance runner. All He's right. a sprinter. He uh, made his first Olympic final as a true in his first true pro season. So mm-hmm. he's my rookie of the year. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. If you just were going by that World Athletics Rising Star Award, what we had a Thing Mo and you had Aaron Knight. And a Thing Mo, we already gave her a bunch of awards, so we don't need to give her any more awards. Like her hands yeah. are full. She's like leaving the lobby with like three trophies in each hand. But it was her first, it was her collegiate debut. But then you're saying, well, this is her first time on like, the international stage, but she also, you know, made us championships going back to 2019. So she wasn't, wasn't a rookie to the U S championship level of things. Aaron Knight was completely new to all this. He had that crazy time at AAUs, which put him on the map. And then he just kept exceeding expectations, exceeding expectations. And he was a rookie in the sense of, Hey, this is the first year of his pro contract. So I actually, I agree with you. I like that pick. As, as just the overall rookie of the year, Aaron Knight. I gave some other ones if people wanted to find it differently, but I like Aaron Knight as rookie of the year. Next one. All right. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. This one's straightforward. This one's pretty straightforward. What do you got? Alberto Salazar. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Smith. First man or woman or human to win two NCAA cross-country titles in the same year. Never happened again because of the pandemic, or unless we have another pandemic, pandemic part two, the second coming. Anyway, but yeah, Mike Smith, NCAA championship in 20, he, after not winning in 2019, coming back and winning back-to-back, they, their second one was more impressive than the first one, in my opinion, because the mm-hmm. second and third and fourth place teams from the, from the March championship returned everyone nau lost luis grijalva they lost uh blaze farrow but they were able to still refill reload and win even more convincingly in uh 
the fall of 2021. So I'll go with Mike Smith, NAU, my 2021 coach of the year. This is tough from a professional side of things because the groups are usually really small and it's tough to have multiple winners. So I always look at college on this. I went with the college coach too and with Bill G. Taylor of BYU. Remember they had the cross-country title in March and the indoor DMR back-to-back, which was impressive. Now they didn't get the fall cross-country title. They were runner-up, but this is what makes her a little bit different. The individual titles. So they had Orton win the individual cross title. You had Courtney Weymitt going back to indoors last year, winning the indoor 3K title. And then outdoors last year, Anna Camp won the 1500. So every single championship, BYU walks away with multiple titles, it feels like, and, and always gets either individual or a team title. So I went with Taylor at, at BYU. I just... I think back to those three days or four days in March when it was like, the story was like on the men, it was like, oh my gosh, Cole Hawker did that indoor double. And then on the women's side, it was like BYU had two separate teams doing two separate crazy things between uh, indoors and cross country. Um, Do you have any pro coaches that you're thinking about for this? I was trying to think of pro coaches and it was kind of hard to pinpoint because most pro coaches, they just have one athlete, and it doesn't feel like, you know, while, yeah, you're responsible to the athlete, you kind of feel like you give more credit to the athlete than the coach. I was thinking, are we uh, screwing over Newberry Park's high school coach, Sean Bronson? Because mm-hmm. what he's doing is kind of all-time with the Newberry Park guys winning state, winning running lane with the greatest one, two, three, four ever. So we have, let's see, I'm looking at the chat here. Rose Runner mentions Ben Thomas, coached three guys to run 353 or faster. He also says rookie of the year as coach, Dathan Ritzenhain would be one. Tampa yeah, Eagle Dathan says, Mac, yeah. Dathan Tampa Eagle says Bobby Kersey. I mean, Bobby Kersey's an interesting pick. So Sydney goes to Bobby Kersey and runs faster than she ever has. And then he also, longtime coach, Allison Felix. Gets her one last individual medal as well, too. It's just tough. You're right, because you have a group of, like, six people, and two of them make the team. And then or they have one international athlete. It's tough. It's way, I think, simpler looking at it from a, a collegiate side of things. But Thomas in the mid-distance, obviously, that, that group. You talked about it before. They're all gone now. But the Charlie Hunter, Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker, Triumvirate, it's pretty strong. I mean, we could give the to Coach of Year to uh, Elaine Thompson, Ross Coach. Stephen Francis. And then that's like be the situation when you win coach of the year and then uh, <laughs> like you get fired the next the next yeah. season. Has that, that happens in sports, right? Coach of the years get fired. Yeah, for some strange reason it does. Yeah, now now we don't know what's going on. We lost both those athletes. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good pick. Okay, next up, sixth man or woman of the year. Uh, do you want to give your definition first and then I'll give my definition? Well, I'll give who I picked, and then I'll give my reasoning for it. So my sixth man slash woman of the year, I went with a woman. I went with Quinira Hayes because she was the odd woman out of the great 4 by 4 that we had for Team USA with Athingmo, Sydney, Allison Felix, and Delilah. And it was all because of situational, because she was in the final, and then because, like, she – if she doesn't make the final, maybe she's yeah. on the four by four. It's a weird thing because then she's in the final and then she loses to Allison. So then Allison takes her spot. But was Allison going to take her spot regardless because of her her name and her veteran presence? You know, or would they kicked off a thing mo? Because like, hey, you're the new one on the block. We can give it to Queer Nays, Quinera Hayes. So I just think she was the greatest 400 meter runner this year. To not, to not be on their country's 4x4. Four four. Like, there's yeah. not a single person. Has, there, has a sub-50, 400-meter woman ever <laughs> not been selected for their country's 4x4? Four four? A Diamond League Assuming, champion as yeah, well. Diamond League champion. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to be on a 4x4. Four four. You won the Diamond League? You're, you run 49 seconds? No, no we, got, we got these other. I mean, it's because three of the four aren't 400-meter runners, which is mm-hmm. why that can happen. 
Uh, but yeah, Quinera Hayes, she's the Lou Williams. Uh, she's the uh, Jordan Clarkson of the women's four. Uh, I'll give a little, little, little more respect. Manu Ginobili. Okay. All-time great. Six person. Okay. If you're okay. saying no woman's ever gone under 50 and missed out on the 4x4 four four team, you got to talk about the greatest six-man of all time, and that's, of course, Manu Ginobili. Uh, so my definition was different. I looked at it more tra- like track-wide, who was a person who was underappreciated because they weren't the best in their event, but that's just because their event was crazy. So I'm thinking of people like Ry Benjamin. I'm thinking of people like Dalila Muhammad, right? I like your approach is smart. I almost think you made this the Quinera Hayes Award, though. Like you had her in <laughs> mind. You're like, I want to give her an award because that was wrong what happened to her. Let's do this. Because it was hard because the relay is perfect. Because yeah. my pick is Shelly and Fraser Price. But then you're like, well, that's weird. Six men. Like she's, she's way better than that. But the way I think of it is she was overshadowed in that event. And she's obviously a historic great. The reason I give it to her over other people who were overshadowed was she's raced a bunch. She raced a whole yeah. lot more than those other athletes. She was always there, dependable, which is something you look for in this category. And someone who, hey, on a on a weaker team or a weaker year could be starting, could be flourishing. And that was Frazier Price because she runs faster than she ever has in history and she doesn't win, which is crazy. So. I get the analogy is not perfect, but it was tough to match your your choice. But track wide, I just think Frazier Price was underappreciated this year because of how good Elaine Thompson Hurrah was. Yeah, you could argue if Elaine Thompson Hurrah doesn't exist, like we just live in a, a simulation where you're able to snap your fingers and she just never was a thing ever. The, the, it would have been the year of Shelly Ann, right? And it would have been like an yeah. all time year of Shelly Ann. Like, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, she would get the credit because she's the next one in line. No, she would get the credit because she's the next one in line of doing an all-time great thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I this was I, 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 I like your, your way of analyzing the six-man woman of the year. That's a, good, that's a good way to do it. This was Frazier Price's – this is, was her – some of her – she ran the 1063, right? She ran uh, 1071 at the Jamaican Championships. Olympics, she went 1073 in the semis and then 1074 in the final, then a 1073 at pre, a 1060 in Lausanne, where she got the win, um, and then another 1078 in Bellazona. I mean, it was, a, it was a sensational season. You're right. Change that two to a one at the Olympics, and it just it takes on a whole, whole different meaning. And going against a historic great in Thompson Hurrah when she did it, it's tough. Um, oh, someone mentioned Shrika Jackson. Which I think is a good pick. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that too. one. That's because a lot of versatility there too for for Jamaica. It's a good one. Uh, David says I'm sure East Germany and the Soviets left out a sub fifty. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I can see Shuka Jackson because in a way Elaine and Shelly Ann, even though Elaine was the overall winner, a lot of times we looked at him as a one-two punch. Yeah. So yeah. you know. Sharika Jackson is like the Chris Bosch of the Miami Heat. You know, it's not Dwayne Wade and LeBron, but yeah. Yeah. Well, then you look at the, on the men's sprint side of things for the U.S., because that's how I started thinking of this. There was a lot of people. There was like almost too many people that fit into the category. There was like six, seventh, eighth men. It was, it was tough yeah. to, to figure out ones. That's why I went in the, another direction. But g- good category. I hope we keep that for next year. And I'm going to keep tabs keeping on all these categories. In like mid-April, you're going to be doing some analysis. I'm going to cut you off. I'm like, hold on, Gordon. Gordon, I think we have a new leader for sixth man of the year in track. <laughs> and I'm going to bust out. Like, I'm going to have this piece of paper. It's like, this is my sixth six man, sixth woman tracker. Who's up? Who's down? Well, was, wasn't Rob – I would say Robert Brandt. He was always notorious to getting eighth at NCAA eight, championships. Eight, eighth man. Yeah. That's the that's – the, uh, that was always a good LB's one. got another good one, Allison Dos Santos. Very yeah. overlooked within the context of the four meter hurdles as well. Too. I think, LB, you're you're officially hired as our nominator for six man of the year <laughs> or six woman of the year in 2022. You've proven yourself in the comments. Very well done. All right, uh, <laughs> defensive player of the year. Go ahead on this one. I'm not sure what where we're going with this one. This one I had to text you about. So I'm not gonna lie. The whole reason I wanted to 
make these NBA awards was to for you and I to figure out how to elect who the Defensive Player of the Year award is for track and field. You try to think, is there any event that has any defensive mechanism? And I couldn't think – and I did think of one, but I didn't end up using it. I was like, oh, this could be a person who's really good at, like, making semis or prelims really slow. So they're able to make it so every race they're in, there are no time qualifiers that come out. Oh, I was like, oh, you're really good at, like, making like sure you, you limit – yeah, you limit the number of people who come out of your heat. You're, like, being defensive. You're, like, stop. We're only going to let the top four out, not all four plus two. But I didn't go that way. I went – so Defensive Player of the Year is an award, obviously, for the best defensive player. But a lot of times this award is rationalized for the winner based off of really weird, obscure, sabermetric analytical stats. Like this, mm-hmm. blah, 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 W plus minus QR code angle was the greatest of all time right they make up these weird stats so i was like all right also defense player of the years are always very consistent they always have double digit rebounds or multiple steals every game in and game out so i was like who is consistent and who had a really weird stat that was what i decided so who was consistent with a weird stat and that was none other than usa's michael cherry who was hell of a consistent because he ran 44 seconds 14 times in a row that we were looking at like trying to break an all-time record. I'm not sure if he did. I think he tied it or broke it, but he went the entire season of running 44 seconds. And that included round ones of the Olympics of the trials, prelims, semis, every race. He ran 44 seconds. He never ran 43, which is what makes it also interesting. He only ran 44. So there was no 43 nines. It was just 44, 44, 44, 14 times in a row. Michael Cherry is Flowtrack's Defensive Player of the Year. All right. When I think about defense, I think about stoppers. And when you think about stoppers, you think about who can stop the big stars. So I have a list here of the people who are nominated for World Athlete of the Year. Not a comprehensive list because some people will argue, hey, this person should have been there. This, But this gives you an idea. I'm going to say a person's name and I'm going to ask you, hey, did, did they get stopped by anybody this year? So here, Carson Warholm. Did anybody stop Carson Warholm this year? No. Iliad Kipchoge. Not this year. No. Mondo. No. Krauser. No. Joshua Cheptegei. I think so, right? Well, he did he lose. Was, he he did he, he did lose. lose at the Olympics. Yep, yeah, he did he lose at the Olympics. So okay, let's put a put an asterisk by him. Come back, Elaine Thompson. Hurrah! Did anyone stop? Would you say anyone stopped Elaine Thompson? Hurrah! I mean, not really. You could argue she lost a couple of random races. I mean, Mondo might lost a couple of vaults too, but at the moment when it matters most, no. Okay, Rojas. No, except for Monaco, of course. The great Monaco second place finish. Yes. Does not count, Gordon. Sydney McLaughlin. Did anybody stop nope. Sydney McLaughlin this year? Uh, okay. I mean, the 60 hurdles she ran in New Balance Grand Prix, that was pretty weak sauce, but I think her... How much weight do you... She you stopped put herself. On that one? Yeah, she stopped herself. She's like, All right, I'm just here to collect the appearance fee. Are you going to go... Are you going to go like... Uh, let's look at her 100 hurdle records here. Um, yeah, yeah, no. All right. So then I go to this next person. This next person. Who was rightfully nominated and I thought would finish pretty high up. Safan Hassan. Did anybody stop Safan Hassan this year? Yes. Faith Kipyegon. Faith Kipyegon stopped her three times this year. Now, it was in the 1500, and it was after Safan Hassan got her buckets in the 5 and the 10. But she's 3-1 and one against her this year. So, Faith Kipyegon, my defensive player of the year, beat her at the Diamond League final, 358. Beat her in the Olympic final, 353. Hassan got third. Beat her at Monaco, 351 to 353. Yes, she did lose. So she took her lumps early on in June. She lost at the Golden Gala, 353 to three, uh, 353, or 353 race. Really close one. But 
I go with uh, I go with Faith Kipiegon. You look at the people who beat Joshua Cheptegei, and it was more uh, you know one off type type situation. I mean, he got beat by a lot of people in that in that five k in um, in Florence as well when Jakob took him to the woodshed. But that was a lot of people yeah. beating him. But just in terms of yeah. head up, one on one, we're going at it. Kipiegon was really the only person who stopped one of these superstars, which obviously makes her a superstar herself. So this is one of those years when when like an absolute stud wins defensive player of the year. Someone who who could win MVP wins defensive player of the year. Faith Kipiegon. You know I like I like the way you interpreted defensive player of the year. You found who was able to have the number of an of a great athlete. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Matisse Thibel was able to have a number on Steph Curry a week ago. Blocked him twice, you know? Yeah. Ben so Simmons happy, on Trey Young. And but you know, <laughs> only Sixers. Well, and if you're saying, "Hey Kevin," the end, if you're saying, "Hey Kevin," why, like, she's too good to be Defensive Player of the Year? Well, no. I'll tell you that Michael Jordan won Defensive Player of the Year too. You yeah. can be good at both, so it doesn't mean she's never going to win MVP. Of course, never going to win. Yeah, but she's she slowed her down. She slowed her down as much. All right, two more. I liked it. Two more. Uh, this one I'll be kind of quick on my end. Most improved. Uh, I went with a thing, Mo, because she went from a U.S. finalist in 2019 to dominating the Olympics in 2021. Uh, so yeah, that's the improvement. That's like going, yeah. I mean, it's like going from scoring eight points a game to being 30 points a game in one season. Mm-hmm. So I would go with a thing, Mo. Most improved. We've talked I about went, it enough. You get the idea. Yeah. As- as I say, she's still trying to get – she actually had to get a dolly to get all of her awards out of the, <laughs> the ballroom at this point. She can't hold them all. I went Femke Bull, only 21 years of age, and she went – this is her progression. 2019, she was 55-32. 2020, 53-79. So you're thinking, okay, man, she's going to be – she's going to be a factor. Maybe, you know, gets a bronze with, with that time. But then she went up another level this year, Gordon, 52 3 5203. And if you want some context for 5203, well, there's only been three performances in history that are better than that. That would have been the world record, you know, before the Olympic trials this year. So the only three performances better are McLaughlin in Tokyo, Mohammed in Tokyo, and McLaughlin in Eugene. So just a massive, massive breakthrough for Femke Bowl and is competing in the golden age of the foreign hurdles, which probably helps lower her time, but also means that she's, she got a bronze instead of getting, getting gold, which any other year she would have got. So Femke Ball, my pick for most approved. All right. For the final award, MVP, most valuable player. You know, this could, we did give out international athlete of the year, U.S. athlete of the year, college, high school, but MVP is not always the person who scores the most points, right? And it's not mm-hmm. always the person who wins in the end, right? There's a lot of MVPs in the regular season who don't win the NBA title. And I think that is a way for us to kind of not make this category exclusive to gold medalists. This is mm-hmm. – that's the whole point behind this. It's like, who's the MVP? You don't need to win gold to be MVP. The same way you don't win, need to win an NBA title to win MVP. And my MVP of 2021 was Fred Curley. The guy was a freaking MVP. He was the story of the year. He, you could say, came out of nowhere. Obviously, we knew who he was. He was running the 400, but came out of nowhere to dominate the 100. People kept doubting him. It was like, oh, not yet, not yet. Oh, this is eventually it's going to fall off. He's not going to be able to do it at the trials. Okay, now he's not going to be able to do it at the Olympics. Well, he found a way to not only dominate with quick times, he got better at the 200 over the, as the season progressed. So he showed improvement as well. Fred Curley, Olympic silver medalist, went on to do well at the Diamond League Championships as well. He is my MVP. My, my comp, my NBA comp, he is the 2019 Giannis. That's my 2019 comp. 2019 Giannis, Fred Curley. Interesting. I mean, down? you did say notes down. Well, 
No, you, I mean you just said he, you said he dominated the hundred, which I don't remember it that way, but he did. He had a great season. He had a great season and was consistent throughout. Was consistent throughout. A lot of uh, a lot of triple doubles across the board there. I'm torn yeah, between my two doubles. because I I am looking at points. I'm almost thinking, hey, do I give this one to the scoring leader? In which case, I go back to a person who I mentioned earlier as being involved in that defensive player of the year award, and I go Safan Hassan. She attempts the okay. triple treble in Tokyo gets farther along than everybody else does two goals there. She had some massive performances all throughout her season. But, but then I, I go back to someone you picked for your, you know, international athlete with Elaine Thompson, hurrah. So I, it, it's almost like I have a tie. Now, if we want to make sure people don't double up on the awards, then I would probably go, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I give Safan Hassan finals MVP a.k.a. Olympics MVP because of how crazy her Olympic performance was and how busy her schedule was. But season-long MVP, I'll go Thompson, hurrah. How about that? I added another category. You can't just change it. No, you gave it to Safan Hassan. Okay, so Safan Hassan is, is NBA Finals MVP and then Lane Thompson's regular yeah, season Olympics MVP. MVP. Okay. There is a difference. There's a big difference there between... Is. Between the, the yeah. between the two and Tom Thompson Hurrah's season was was remarkable. Hassan's season was solid too. Mention all those runner ups to Kip Yegon. Well, Kip Yegon's best women's miler in history, and it's no shame losing to her. But what really separated her was the Olympic performance, and I don't think just like a thing Mo is kind of in this world of her own with the four and the eight. And if she pulls that off, that's going to be insane. Only two people in history have ever done that Olympics or world championships. Same thing with Hassan and this 15, five, 10. It's crazy. Okay. I don't know if she's ever going to try it again, but it was, it was, it was a sight to behold, but a lot of that is weighted towards the Olympic performance. So I want to give Elaine Thompson a lot of credit for both the Olympics and the whole season. Okay. So Elaine Thompson's your final MVP because it's a regular season award. That's yeah, if yes. Decide. Sure, sure. Okay, sure. so yes. Elaine Thompson, is she – so I said Fred Curley was a 2019 Giannis. What is Elaine Thompson? Is she a 2018 Harden, a 2015 oh, Curry? No, no, no. no. Is she a LeBron? No, she, yeah, she's – I think she's – year LeBron? I, think she's a, I mean, I don't keep track of Jordan? all the MVPs. Is she a Jordan? No, I think she's a solid – she's a LeBron. Right. With the potential of being a LeBron? Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not an Iverson? Not an Iverson, no. Maybe next year. I'm just having fun Iverson saying MVPs. Can you Did go you back in time? How many MVPs no, can you correctly predict going backwards? I can't do it. I can do none of them. I'm I'm a team guy, Gordon. Really? I can do the yeah. I can do the title teams. I can't do the okay. Can't do the MVPs. Like I know Jokic won it last year because you got mad. Yes, that's the only thing I remember. Yeah, and I know anyway. Jordan didn't win it as much as he should have. That's that's yes. the extent of what I know. Which is the opposite in track because Bolt wanted more than he should have. It's a very interesting dynamic there. All right, comments in the chat. Tampa Eagle says, great pod. Um, Rose Runner, good point here. Hawker went from a 408 in the 1600 to 331 the 1500 in two years. So if you're talking about most improved. Uh, That's why they should give Donovan. him a Bowerman. <laughs> yeah, Donovan says, "Well, it's tough. You're, you're yeah, because you're comparing college runners to to pro runners. It's, just, it's yeah, a, yeah. a huge universe, and the the way to define it is really difficult." Uh, Donovan says, "Kalen Roberts is Defensive Player of the Year by masterfully blocking a thing Mo in the indoor 400." Uh, Rose also says, "Festus Legat bumping shoulders with Yusuf Bismana at conference, <laughs> uh, but Yusuf Bismana had the better offense. That's more defensive there too." There might have been a foul uh, call. You know, if you foul too much, you're not that good at defense. Hmm. Okay, someone with the handle My Opinion says Kevin Durant is Elaine Thompson. Hurrah. Okay. I like that. The thing was, though, how many, how many MVPs does Durant have? Just one, correct? I believe so, yeah. Durant has one. And that was not he won in he's 2014. Been, and he's been way better since then, too. That's the crazy thing. So. Elaine Thompson Raw is better than 2014 Kevin Durant. She's more like the modern Kevin Durant, which I think is even better. So maybe he'll win it this year. That'll be the better comparison. Um, 
Anthony says, I don't follow American football. I have no idea what Kevin and Gordon are talking about. That's because we're talking about basketball, Anthony. This is basketball. <laughs> so I can see what you're, what you're doing there. Um, all in the game, Ash. Should Curly – I'm going to do a couple questions here. So we have a couple minutes left. Let's just do some questions because this is the last pod for – this is the last live pod for uh, a week. Um, all in the game says, should Curly be on both relays in Eugene like Sharika was in Tokyo? Yes. But they won't That's it? do it. Okay. Well, they won't do it because, you know, they're going to be like, we got to give an opportunity to another 400-meter runner because for some reason we decided that eight 400-meter runners get to go to get to go to Worlds and the Olympics. Yeah. I think if he runs eight, it. That's 400, I, 400 runners? It seems like crazy. Yeah. The thing is, this is the same situation with Grant Holloway where before he's like, I want to run this relay or that relay. Well, you got to put the actual, put the mark down to do it. So if he runs yeah. and you have, and not, I'm not talking about running a four by four in April at a relay meet. I'm saying enter an open race in May and run something fast. So that way they can't deny that you're ready. It's interesting. Like, cause that's a thing. Mo got on the quarter. Not because of the projections about how good she was based on the 800. The thing Mo got on the 4x4 team because she ran the NCAA season and ran the 400 meters at the NCAA championships. Don't you think? Yeah. Is that your assumption? Yeah. Like you she actually have to them do like, it. To... I can do yes. it. Yeah. yeah. And since there's no strong standard, like there's no clear cut, like if you run this time, you're automatically on the team because obviously you can't do that because you could have six people hit it. You need to make your case. This is the one part of track and field or one of the most subjective parts of track and field from the American side of things. Now, international athletes have to do this all the time because a lot of those countries do weird things where they have multiple athletes qualify and they're like, we're only going to send two of you for some reason, even though we can get three. And they have to prove fitness and stuff like that. So it's, it's like an audition at that point. And you need to continue to run fast if you want to get included. Um, Middle distance race of the year, Rose Runner asks. Doesn't have to be Olympics. Okay, well, let's just go through this. So middle distance, are we doing just 8 and 15? Are we extending up to 5? 8 and 15. Okay, so men's 8 was just rough all year. So I'm immediately throwing that out. Women's 8, if you're a Thingmo fan, there's a lot to like out there. And the Olympic trials race you probably watched and were just in awe. But in terms of competition, there wasn't much there. Men's 15? I mean, do you like Jakob and Cherry at the Olympics? It was pretty good. That was pretty solid. But I go I go women's 15 and those Hassan Kipyegon battles that I talked about before. And you could take your pick. I mean, the fastest one was, was Monaco, but that one was the biggest margin of victory. You know, the Diamond League final was the slowest one. But there's only two tenths between them, so I'd, I'd probably pick one of the four meetings um, between Hassan and actually the three non-Olympic meetings between Kip Yegon and Hassan would be one of my picks. Yeah, I would say I don't know. Is there like a random like college race that was pretty cool? You know, I would. Well, I, I remember that. I'd say the. The I would say Nagu. I actually would say the men's fifteen hundred Olympic trials final. Seeing Sancho of, get a lot of drama in there, beaten, yeah, a lot of drama. In that beaten one. by Hawker, there was like the unknowns of like what's who's going to get the spots. There was a lot, just there was a lot of like an excitement around that. So I'll go with that. Yeah, that one had, especially from the American perspective, a lot behind it. There's a lot of subtext to it with the Centro trash talk. Cole Hawker shushed people, still trying to figure out who he shushed because there were not really many people doubting Cole Hawker. He was really good. And if you remember the beginning of the year, the beginning of the year started with out and out, full-blown Centro panic for two months. And I think if someone said, hey, he's ended up getting second in the Olympic trials, if you said that in February and March, people would be like, all right, it's good. Turn the season around. Maybe you can get, a, get in the finals. I can throw other questions here. Uh, Tom donated two bucks in the super chat. It says last 2021 super chat is for Kevin's Kings. Yes, you can join if you'd like. 
Click that join button underneath. Uh, Anthony says, has anything definitive known about the American female athlete Francis is supposed to be training? No. And I'm waiting on pins and needles on that one. Have you heard anything, Gordon? No, haven't heard it. Anything. Uh, Probably not going to hear anything till like, till like April, right? Because like most sprinters Show up are like, eh, indoor, I'll skip that. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the allegations against Raina Ryder and the athletes that have either stayed or left? I mean, all I know on that is is what I've read. I know there's some tricky stuff there in terms of safe, safe sport regulations, just as there was in, in, in other allegations, because you don't know like what actually they have jurisdiction over. I know, yeah, basically some have stayed, some have, some have uh, decided to part ways, but that, I mean, that's a, is a big name, big name in coaching. And I'm sure we'll, we'll dive more into that in the, in the new year. Once more people um, announce their plans about what they're going to do going forward. I just don't know how, I don't know like the enforcement mechanism on some of that stuff, right? Like it's difficult to say, especially in track because you're dealing with people and athletes from all throughout the world with all these different governing bodies. Um, let's see. Anthony says, oh, Coleman will be competing at the, four, uh, at the Melrose games. Yeah. He announced that. He will. So that'll be his first yeah. one back. So that's fun. It's a big one to be. I thought he was gonna like do his like first one back being like some random Clemson meet or something. You know, and it still might, but in the ideal, let's get as much interest in track and field as possible world, it would be the debut would be at Melrose. Um, here's my prediction: he's gonna run fast. I don't think there's any question that Christian Coleman's gonna be ready for that race, and he's stepping into a bread and butter event. It's gonna be fast. That's be interesting. Have you seen any training videos of him on his Instagram or something? No, no, no. no but li listen, you're, gut. You're, you I mean, it's gut. he. He's still in the peak of his career, right? Always been good at the sixty. He's yeah. He's only twenty five years old. I don't think his start is going away. And even if he's not in Christian Coleman six three uh, shape, he's still going to be good enough to win that. And I think he's just going to go on a tear this year. Prediction, completely a prediction. So, uh, Rose Runner says the U.S. Trials 1500 actually has more views on uh, YouTube than the Men's Olympic 1500 meter final. How about that? Gordon's Stats. theory of middle distance all the time. <laughs> Cole, Cole Hawker based middle distance of all time. I guess because 1500 the Olympics is the same. Same. Uh, it's also middle distance. Uh, okay, I think we're gonna leave it there. So coming up in, on Wednesday, you got an interview. Pre-recorded. Yeah. It won't be live, but it'll be in the feed. So check it out. And then on Friday, do you have an interview that you're posting too? Don't know The TBD still. <laughs> That's wow. TBD. But we got one loose. Wednesday, Friday, TBD. And then we'll take next week off. And uh, we'll see you guys in New Year. We'll do some New Year's resolutions, maybe some New Year's predictions. Yep. I got I'm gonna have a lot of my predictions. I'm going to go five for five of my predictions. That's the goal. My New Year's resolution is to correctly predict 2022 to the T. I think you can do it. I think this is the year. All right. Uh, FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. Uh, again, shows Wednesday, Friday, not live. And then we'll be back live on January the 3rd. Talk to you then.